You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show Tuesday edition, breaking down everything we saw from Monday Night Football, Seahawks, Washington football team, Washington sneaking into that playoff conversation, the Seattle football team, however, we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into uh, both of these football teams, where they're headed, where they are right now, that game on Monday night, and finish up the rest of the Sunday slate we didn't cover yet. We've got Bucks, colts We've got Falcons-Jags, Jets-Texans, Chargers-Broncos, Rams-Packers, and that is it. And then we'll get into some of your Twitter questions, and we have a ton of good ones for today's program. At BD Peacock, at Williamson NFL is where those questions come in on Twitter, Matt, the number one stat here I'm seeing with these Seattle Seahawks in a, in a 17-15 win for Washington on Monday Night Football. In a, in a late charge, I thought the Seahawks had this. I mean, the, They did have a late charge. And the, uh, it, it was, almost, it was one of those things, especially being a 49ers guy and, and watching the Seattle team and Russell Wilson operate. When they had enough time at the end of the game, we knew I knew they were going to do it. You know, I knew they were going to come back, and they scored, but didn't get the two point conversion. Then they get the onside kick of fifteen seconds less, of of course. But there was a penalty, and uh, then they almost got it again. The same guy off the practice squad almost got the second onside kick attempt too after the penalty. But it was not to be. Washington did hold on to win that one, seventeen fifteen. The most telling stat here: this from PFF Seahawks average time of possession. The last three weeks, this is average all three weeks. This is bad enough to happen once. 19 minutes and 36 seconds. That is the average. So they've been under a 20-40 split on the time of possession in all three of their last games. They didn't score any points against the Packers three weeks ago. That's just an unbelievable amount of, in 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 an eight, here's another one actually. This one from Mike Clay. NFL offenses are averaging 63.3 snaps per game. This goes right along with it. The Seahawks ran 45 plays, now averaging an NFL low 54.1 plays per game and haven't been above 64 in a single game. So they haven't been above average one time all season long in plays per game. It's almost as if, and they've played a different brand of ball for years now, but it it feels like this year it's caught up and the NFL's leaving the Seahawks behind. Yeah, it's funny you beat me to it because, well, I kind of beat you to it, too. I tweeted this out 14 hours ago that I I said it's remarkable how few plays Seattle runs. I mean, I wasn't even counting last night's game, but it was apparent watching it. Mm -hmm. They Going into that game, they averaged 55 plays per game, which not only is that last, and it just went down because they only ran 45 in this game, but the Texans – are running almost four plays more and they're 31st in the league. You know, like usually these stats are reserved for first overall pick type teams. I'm not sure Seattle's too far off of that barometer, to be honest with you. And (laughs) last night they possessed the ball for a little over 18 minutes, ran 45 plays. It's unbelievable. And they're not fantasy. Go ahead. I mean, they're not too far off. No. Number one overall pick. They they would have the fourth pick, except they don't own their own draft pick right now. I'm going to talk <laughs> exactly, about exactly. I'm going to talk about the NFL draft order, but um, they're not far off the number one pick. That's how bad Seattle is right now. Go ahead. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, uh, and, and I was just going to say, and of course, the fantasy community is going bonkers 
you're so bad on offense. Why can't you get the ball to DK Metcalf? Oh, you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, anyone that had him on their fantasy team was losing their mind, probably. The his usage recently, and I think oh. you tweeted it out during the game. Throw him a screen. You don't have to bomb it deep to right. DK Metcalf. That's not the only way to get him the ball. Slants. Russell Wilson not throwing the ball at all over the middle of the field. He's missing open receivers. There's a lot bad going on with Seattle's offense, but it's unimaginable. You have a weapon like. DK Metcalf, and you can't find him a, a target, a single target in the first three quarters of the game, and you end up he ends up with one catch, and they and the, you know with Russell threw him a few balls, but one's uncatchable out of bounds, and it's it's not a good situation at all, and you're behind, so you can't run the ball. It's, it's Russell Wilson was their leading rusher with 16 yards. <laughs> the only and one of them was on a 12 yard scramble that was not you know planned. They only had like, 10 other rushes no in the game. No, right, exactly. And uh, on the other side, though, I thought Antonio Gibson looked like we thought he was going to at the beginning of the year, finally look healthy. Unfortunately, McKissick was lost in this game, and that looked really bad. I hope he's okay. I haven't seen anything about it. But Washington, turning a corner might be a strong word, but they're showing signs of life, and there's progress here. Yeah, and Heineke is, is playing some inspiring ball. It's not yeah. great all the time. It's not awesome. His line doesn't look fantastic. 27 of 35. He had a touchdown and an interception, 223 yards passing. But, yeah, early lead and run the ball a whole bunch. 29 carries for Gibson, 111 yards. McKissick doing a lot through the ground and through the air. McLaurin getting in there with a uh, leading receiver with four catches, 51 yards. So it wasn't a juggernaut of an offense, right? They only scored 17 points. But enough to win, playing some complimentary football, and enough to win against a bad team. But as of now, the 5-6 and six Washington football team would be the 7th seed in the Crazy. NFC. Matt, do any of these teams want a wild card berth in the NFC? It seems like nobody does. Yeah, that, that means they're set. I don't even know who they play this week, but that means they're set up to get blown out. You know, like that's just how the league's gone <laughs> right. this, week, this year. Is Just when you're kind of excited about a team, like Philly, they'll probably get smoked by somebody bad or something along those lines. Well, one of those but, teams they're battling with is the Eagles. Uh, the Eagles they play twice still to end the season. They still play the cow. Key. They still play the Cowboys twice actually. Then they've got the Giants. So a lot of in division games there. In fact, the last five weeks they've got the Raiders. Then it's all NFC East for them: Cowboys, Eagles, Cowboys, Eagles, Giants. Yeah, that's feasible. I mean, you want to be playing the Eagles and Giants and. It might come down to Philadelphia or Washington for that seven spot, which I guess I could see that. And even after I, the... I do want to say, I I had Washington minus one in this game for a couple bucks, and I was with you. I was like, oh man, Wilson's going to screw this up for me at the end after they were so bad all day. But I really thought, except for that drive at the end, Washington totally controlled this football game. It seemed like Gibson was getting five yards every time he touched the ball. They were throwing it to him more. Just the, I liked how they controlled the football game. We'll get to the rest of those games next. I, I want to touch on the NFL draft order as of today, after 12 okay. weeks of the NFL season, which is pretty amazing. So Detroit, not a surprise, 0-10-1, have the first pick in the draft if the season ended today, and they're one and a half games up on 2-3, and three, which is Houston and Jacksonville in that order. And strength of schedule is the tiebreaker there for those two win teams in Jacksonville uh, and Houston. The Seattle Seahawks would own the fourth pick, but they don't have their fourth pick. The Jets have it, but the Jets would own the fifth pick. And how about yeah. this? This would be the draft order from four through nine because the Giants own Chicago's first-round pick from the trade-up for Justin Fields in last year's draft, and the Eagles own Miami's pick from that 
trade when the Niners went up to three, then Miami went back to 12, but then went up to six with Philly and gave up their first round pick this year. So Philly has Miami's pick. The Giants have Chicago's pick and New York uh, Jets have Seattle's pick. So picks four through nine go like this as of now. Jets, Jets, four, five. Giants, Giants, six and seven. Eagles, <laughs> Eagles, eight and nine. Is that amazing? That is crazy. It really is. And uh, I just, I'm on very, very beginning of draft prep, but I was, I actually read Dane Brugler's um, mock, first mock draft on The Athletic today, and Dane does great work. And I, that dawned on me because the same things, like the same teams keep picking guys. And, you know, what if Philly or, the Jets, uh, certainly, maybe the Giants. What if they just decide none of these quarterbacks are worth it? We're just going to build around our guys. I mean, imagine two or three position players just thrown right into the mix for any of those teams. I mean, uh, the quarterback's obviously more important, but by the looks of this draft, it looks like, you know, defensive linemen. It doesn't look very top-heavy, especially a quarterback, but there's no even Miles Garrett, Chase Young-type guys either. I mean, it's not a great draft at the very, very top. But still, to have that many top picks in the top 10, I mean, that's awesome. And the Seattle and Miami trades especially don't oh. look amazing right now because of that. And look, Miami got good player. Miami's starting to get a lot from their rookie class, too. Waddle, Phillips, and yeah. actually we have a, a little tease here. Uh, in segment number three, we'll get to that question about Miami's rookie class. So they got good players, but they really gave up a lot of value in in that extra trade and lost the value from going from three to 12 and getting those three first round picks, they really lost a lot of value by going back up. And I still don't love that move. And you know, the Chicago bears, they have a top 10 pick right now. Uh, if Justin Fields good, that won't matter if he's bad. That was a terrible trade too. So don't trade up. Yeah, kids. Right. Right. <laughs> That's the moral of the story. And uh, yeah, a number four overall pick for a safety. And that's not the only first round pick you gave up. That's not looking great for Jamal Adams. He had a nice play last night. And, you know, he's he's a good player. But, man, no. uh, what are you doing? I'd Sam? rather have the fourth overall pick than Jamal uh, Adams. I would. That's yes, sure. yes, yes, I would. And it okay. also looks like the Eagles are very likely to get the Colts' first overall pick because Wentz is getting pretty close to hitting right. 75% already. Yeah, yeah. So the Eagles might have three. Detroit yeah. has a couple of first round picks. There's a couple of teams that are going to dominate this draft and have a ton of picks. Hopefully there's and it happens a lot, Matt, when it comes to the draft. You look at it in, in November, December and you think oh, that's not that great of a class, then you get into it, senior bowl happens and you start yeah. breaking down these prospects. You start to like more and more guys and then it starts to look like a little bit better class. Like this time in uh, 2018, Baker Mayfield was a second-round guy in mock drafts. Uh, Jared oh, Goff yeah. was a second-round guy in mock drafts. Carson Wentz was a second-round guy in mock drafts. You know, we didn't really even know much about Carson Wentz at this point in the 2016 draft or whenever that was. So uh, no, a lot can change between now and then when it comes to stock, especially for some of the quarterbacks. You're 100% right. And um, I don't claim to be a draft expert at this point either. I mean, I'm maybe on step two of 10 in this process. So I'm just learning like everybody else. I am trying to convince the Steelers to send us down to the Senior Bowl to do uh, radio mm. down there, though, since all the top quarterbacks are going to – the Senior Bowls will be loaded with the top quarterbacks this year. So we're trying to turn it into a show for, you know, Steeler scouting type of deal. There you go. So, yeah. That'd be great. And here's – how about this? How about Seattle gets back one of those first-round picks and trades Russell Wilson away? I think – this is probably a more of a Wednesday, Thursday type conversation, but I almost feel like that has to happen. You know, like – it, it's trending in that Wilson, direction. It really feels that way. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've brought this up before, but besides Metcalf and maybe Brooks, the linebacker they took in the first round, like 
who on their first contract from Seattle are you building around? Like, there's nothing. That's it. I mean, no cheap, you know, guys in the first five years. You maybe have to trade DK at that point, too. Just completely. Yeah. I mean, it might be total blow up time. Yeah. Like, to be honest, I know you can't bet this, but I would, right now, I bet, I would love to bet on Seattle getting the first overall pick a year from now after the 2022 season. If they trade Russell Wilson. Yeah, because I think that should happen. Get trade yeah. him for three first round picks, totally rebuild, and that gets you at least in this round. You know, maybe move on from Carroll. You know, and just totally rebuild. Right. Totally rebuild. We actually just have a question here. about that in the mailbag as well. So let's move along, finish up the Sunday games, and get to your questions coming up. In life, we're bound for different things, and with Beachbound.com vacations, you can be bound for whatever you want. Adventure. Bound for passion, bound for discovery, or bound for togetherness, immersion. Maybe some rejuvenation is what you need in your life. Maybe some unexpected is what you want to encounter. Go to beachbound.com vacations and encounter and be bound for whatever it is that you are looking for. Whatever you need to take a vacation from in your life. Personally, when I'm at a beach resort, it's all about toes in the water. I don't care about getting too deep in the water, although surfing was really fun, and uh, that's something I want to go do again, taking surf lessons, and uh, I got beat up by some waves a a couple times trying to surf, but that's fun, and it kicked my butt, but it was amazing. It was an amazing feeling, and um, always a margarita in the hand is is key. So a cocktail in one hand, some toes in the water, a taco flight, is always fantastic. Uh, Food and beverage. As long as I've got a good view and a good drink, I'll be happy. With Beachbound.com, you can find the perfect beach vacation for you, no matter what you are looking for. What are you bound for? Visit Beachbound.com today. Matt, we talked a bit ago about uh, the Colts and possibly that first-round pick going to the Eagles because Carson Wentz is going to play 75% of the snaps this year, which I believe is what makes that a first instead of a second-round pick for the Eagles from the Colts. They hung on here, and it looked like they might even knock off the Bucks. The Bucks came back in the second half to win it 38-31, but I, got, I came away with feeling pretty good about actually both of these teams in this game. Yeah, kind of had a, a playoff vibe to it. Like the Colts belong with the big boys. I thought I felt the same way. I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, the the turnovers are what destroyed the Colts. I mean, they turned the ball over five times, um, and it also was not a great matchup for them. I mean, we know the Bucks are dominant against the run, and it's not like you're going to shut down Jonathan Taylor in this run game, but they certainly limited it, and that was enough, and Brady played well enough. It was the, the Fournette game, not the Taylor game, really. And the guy that stood out to me that just amazes me, because I thought he was holding on for dear life there for a while, is Gronk. Gronk's back to playing like, as well as almost any tight end in the league. Yeah, Gronk was the player of the game in yeah. that one, and, and Brady wasn't amazing. Uh, Wentz was good at some points, and but uh, you know those right. those interceptions creeping their head in here, and that's what I thought would really lead to the Colts not winning this game. And uh, the, one of the better run defenses in the league, so Jonathan Taylor wasn't as much of a factor early, and uh, I think that was a smart way to play it from the Colts. I heard Frank Reich after the game talking about how they've used more RPOs than ever because they're trying to uh, combat teams that are going to have heavy boxes against Jonathan Taylor and stop that sure. run game. And so it kind of worked, and it, and it looked pretty good. But, yeah, the, the Wentz picks isn't the greatest uh, situation for 
the Colts, and that's kind of how I laid it out, and that's why I liked the Bucks in this one, just because of how the the style didn't really fit the Colts. But I thought the Colts did a pretty good job and played pretty well, and and nearly came away with that one. So um, these are two teams, and the Colts at six and six. I mean, it's tough because there's so many teams vying for wild card spots. But uh, if it was you know a one game for the AFC South tomorrow, I'd pick the Colts over the Titans. That's what I was going to say is I think they're clearly a better team than the Titans, but not only are they two games behind them in the standings, they lost both head to head. So really they're three games behind with not that many to play. I'm sitting here looking at the schedules. Both of them still have their bye. Um, Indy's got, you know, Houston this week and then a bye. That's great, but they still have uh, New England and Arizona and Vegas, they're probably not going to sweep those. And, you know, Tennessee's got Jacksonville, Steelers, San Fran, Miami, and they end with Houston. Tennessee's not close to as good as the Colts right now, if I were to power rank them. But I think they're going to win the division. And if they get their weapons back, and I don't know what yeah, the prognosis yeah. is for all their guys, and A.J. Brown should be back. I don't know about um, Julio sure Jones. Julio but should be yeah, soon, I haven't right? really heard much about Julio. But that'll be just huge for them. It's the Fountain Youth game for the Bucks, by the way. You got Brady, who's 44 years old. Gronk uh, had seven catches for 123. And Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette, what's funny is I don't know how old he is. He's probably only 25 years old. But he feels like an old guy. 17 carries. Kind of looks like an old guy. And yeah, three touchdowns. Right. He always, he's always looked, he's looked, he looked like he was 30 when he was in high school. So that's kind of part of it. <laughs> <laughs> he's only 26 years old. Oh my he's God. only 26 years yeah. old. Yeah, he'll he'll be 27 junior, in sure. January. Yeah, he's been better than I wanted to give him credit for. I always kind of brushed him off, but he's clearly the guy there. He catches the ball well enough. Uh, he's running a lot harder than he did in Jacksonville. I have a feeling the uh, the Bucks and Brady might have a, have him a little more motivated than his previous stop. We can jam through a couple of these games. Do you have any takeaways from Falcons Jaguars? The the Falcons handled their business, beat the Jags in Jacksonville 21-14. Falcons in the conversation. They're tied record-wise with a bunch of those teams for the seventh seed at 5-6. and six. They're behind those teams in some tiebreakers. And uh, I'm not a believer in the Falcons at all, but they did. there are a better team than the Jaguars. Jaguars fall into 2-9 here on the season. Yeah, I, I don't have a ton of takeaways, to be honest with you. The one thing I certainly wanted to bring up, though, is I, I give Coach Smith – all sorts of credit on this Corderell Patterson thing. I mean, he's not Derrick Henry, but it is unbelievably clear that he is really important to this offense. I mean, the Falcons offense with him without Patterson is night and day. I never thought I'd say that. I'm so happy somebody figured out how to use this guy properly. He is an unbelievable weapon. And I wish I could see Ridley on this offense with Pitts, too. I mean, I hope Ridley's doing fine. I mean, I'm off the field stuff and all that. But, boy, that offense, if you could add him into the equation, would be really fun. With all the guys that are hurt at running back, all, you know, McCaffrey and uh, Derrick Henry, is there any better argument for running backs don't matter than the two best running backs in the NFL right now are wide receivers and Cordell Patterson and Debo Samuel? <laughs> I, I thought you were going to go with this game that the, the two stars of the game are Cordero Patterson and, and Robinson for Jacksonville. Yeah. Who's undrafted. undrafted you know, like, yeah. And that's yeah. another one. Yeah. Yeah. That also is a pretty strong argument. You're, you're more in the, this is an off season fight. You're more in the running backs don't matter category than I am. Yeah. But there's some strong evidence this year, not to mention all the good ones keep getting hurt. That's, you know? that's, mean, that's <laughs> the main, that's Saquon, the number one yeah. thing for running backs don't matter is, is, how yeah. many good ones there are, how replaceable they are, and how you're 
it's a 100% injury rate. So that's, you know, (laughs) so basically it's like, don't spend a first round pick. Don't pay that running back that you drafted in the first round, a huge second contract because it's just bad money. It's, it's bad resources spent when you can find a guy off the scrap heap to be pretty darn good at that position. There's so many important positions you should be spending resources on that. That's what it is. It's just, there's so many good ones and it's easy to find somebody if you've got a good offensive line and, um, you know, it's not that you don't want a good running back. It's just resources spent is, is where the argument is for me. Yeah. I mean, like, how many Lamborghinis would they sell at 100K if the brakes went out once every 16 weeks? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> you know, and you just smash into things. And then you're driving your Chevy truck anyway, right? Right, 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 yeah. right. And whatever, you know, the Honda in the, in the back uh, just gets you to work anyway. Right. You know? Just spend some money on your mortgage and, and buy two Chevy trucks. <laughs> that the brakes work. Exactly. How about Jets uh, beating the Texans 21-14? Zach Wilson's return looked bad for some of it. Uh, threw a ball off of um, uh, one of his running backs, back of his head, basically. And, yeah, you know, Trying to bad. do too much. The game still hasn't really slowed down yet for Wilson. But when he I did watched actually... that play, I thought it was an offensive lineman, even. And he was, like, past the line <laughs> of scrimmage. Like, it was and really, it was it a was little like awkward. Like, he level, was yeah. looking at him, but it, it was one of those things, like, right at the moment that the running back says, oh, you're running, I'm going to turn. That's right when Wilson says, oh, you're looking at me, I'm going to throw it to you. Oh, now you're not looking at me, crap. So I can see how that could happen, but it just looks worse when it's a rookie who's already kind of, you know, a little bit jittery back there but uh the Jets made plays on defense multiple sacks of uh, Tyrod Taylor Quinn and Williams getting in involved um I think we haven't hardly at all talked about um uh Jonathan Franklin Myers who got re-upped by the Jets he's been a pretty good player for them two sacks in this game and uh, he's just sort of in ultimate anonymity there with the New York Jets but he's been a really good player for them high quality player and It's kind of like the Ridley conversation. I wish Lawson was part of this defensive line because, I mean, you know this better than anyone with Robert Salah. I mean, the defense starts up front, and Mm -hmm. not that Lawson is Bosa, but, you know, I mean, they they spent a lot of money on him. We got nothing out of him. Uh, You mentioned uh, Franklin Myers. He's a a key component there. That's got a chance to be a really good D-line. And Everyone talks about Simmons in Tennessee as like in the breakout defensive tackle. If the Jets were better, people would realize Quinn and Williams is that guy too. And, and mm-hmm. it really has been since last year. He's a star and nobody knows it. Yeah, still a lot to work to do. They're, they're, this was all about the Jets' defense to me more than anything else because they didn't do much on offense um, and a lot of work still to do with, with Zach Wilson. He fumbled as well. Uh, interception, you know, 14 of 24, 145 yards, and they've got no ground game either. So a lot of work to do for the New York Jets and a lot of work to do for the Houston Texans. They'll be drafting early and often. We'll be talking about these teams a lot uh, in February, March, April. How about... Uh, real quick, I yeah. mean, we, we gave these guys enough uh, ink with, with the draft talk. I mean, and you just, and, but I'm sitting here looking at the Jets like, what if they could get like Stingley, the, cor- the corner out of LSU... And one more offensive lineman. Like, okay, you're starting to really build something there. You know, they're going to have two early mm-hmm. picks. Yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. Chargers, Broncos. The Broncos, six and five. They're not going away, Matt. Uh, and this was um, some Teddy, some Drew Locke in this game. And I don't. <sighs> 
I, I don't really like either of them for the Broncos, but no. I mean, at this point, the, they're six and five, and so are the Chargers. And I thought the Chargers were a much better team, and the Chargers are just like flip a coin which team is going to show up, and, and if they're going to be a good team or, or a bad team uh, any given week. A couple of picks for Justin Herbert in this game. Uh, they couldn't run the ball. Early lead for Denver. Denver 28-13. The Broncos not done yet. And the Chargers, like, come on. What are you doing? I, I'm, I, I'm so close to being done with the Chargers. I don't want to be because as soon as I close the door on the Chargers, they're going to run the table or something and look like the team I thought they were going to be. But they're just not that team. No, they're wildly inconsistent. Rookie head coach, second-year quarterback. Okay. I mean, so it's sort of excusable. But they should be better than this, to be very honest with you. They should win a game like this, in my opinion. And, and that sells the Broncos short. I mean, they're playing tough. Their defense is extremely well coached. They ran the ball very well on a terrible run defense. And, you know, it was a combination of Gordon and Williams. Both of them produced through the, you know, in, in both phases. But the thing that makes me crazy is, again, the Steelers just played the Chargers recently. So I really dug into this team. Their passing game makes me nuts because it's all it's it, they come over from the Saints. Lombardi's the offensive coordinator, and it's all the, the same as forty-year-old Drew Brees with a noodle arm. You know, passing game. <laughs> Everything gets out quick. There, there's no driving the ball down the field. Herbert does it once in a while, and you're like, oh yeah, he's like one of the best passers in the league and one of the most gifted quarterbacks on the planet. And they're treating them like a dink and dunker, like a you know, a, a, an old pitcher that, that doesn't have his fastball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've, there's a lot to figure out there, and it's, there's a lot of new coaching coaches there in in uh, I want to say San Diego still, geez, Los yeah. Angeles with the Chargers. So maybe they can figure that out. But uh, it's it's taking them some time here. Patrick Sertan, he did house yeah, uh, an interception, him. so that was a huge play there. I just saw that the last. Uh, I think it was the last interception of his dad's career was a pick six in Denver as well. So oh, really? Cool. Interesting How about weird that? little nugget. Uh, we got to move on, though, to – are you – I mean, are, are you – where are you at with those two? Are you buying the Broncos? I almost asked you before you said we had to move on. Are either one of those teams going to the playoffs? I, I still – I mean, I, I don't – I still think the Chargers are. I can't are, say yes on the Broncos. I, they're both six and five. They're both in a good position. If the Broncos get good enough quarterback play, then I think they could. But I, I don't feel I don't feel like I would say yes to them. But they just beat the Chargers, so it's hard for me to say yes about the Chargers too. Yeah, I really thought the the Denver was going to be gone away by now. You know that we could that was one team we could put a fork in. We can't though. I mean, so uh, that in itself I give them a lot of credit for. But their quarterback play is bad. Yeah, there's too many like Raiders. There's just so many teams in the AFC. Yeah. That I, I have no idea. I, I cannot figure any of these teams out. Who's good? No clue. Um, no clue. How about the Rams and Packers? I think these teams are both good, Ooh. but the Rams are stumbling hard right now, and and there's definitely something wrong. And more interceptions thrown by uh, by Matthew Stafford here. More interception. It, it wasn't multiple this week, but it was one interception here. Aaron Rodgers. Doing his thing, um, 36-28 the final here. Green Bay improving to 9-3, and three, and the Rams falling to 7-4 and four on the season. These are two playoff teams in the NFC. There's no doubt about that. But for seeding-wise, uh, Green Bay looking like they're in a really good spot to be the two-seed uh, at, you know, maybe the the three-seed at worst, but very likely the two-seed in the NFC. So, um I don't know. Would you? What, what were your takeaways with this game? It's it's not as pretty as it was last year, but Rodgers and Devontae Adams are just unstoppable. 
Yeah, I'm not sure if the Rams are good. And I was convinced they were. And really, right before this losing streak, I remember saying on this podcast, saying, I think they're the best team in the league. And boy, they're not. I mean, they're soft. They don't run the ball particularly well. They're not good up front on offense. I think Stafford's quite hurt. And he has quite the history in, with the Lions of playing through all sorts of ailments. One of the toughest quarterbacks in the league. But you mentioned time of possession. I mean, the Packers had the ball for almost 40 minutes compared to 20. You know, the, the Rams turned the ball over three times. A lot of their production was sort of garbage time. You know, they hit Jefferson on like an 80-yarder. They hit Odell late. But the game was pretty much out of reach at that point. Uh, a lot of A.J. Dillon in this game putting teams away. Is LaFleur, is LaFleur coach of the year? Is Rodgers MVP? And Rodgers isn't even having an awesome you know, jaw-dropping year, but the stuff that this team has overcome, Elgin Jenkins, Bakhtiari, Gary, Alexander, I mean, Adams missed time, Jones missed time, and they just keep beating everybody. I think Matt LaFleur is running away with coach of the year, and I don't know if Rodgers will get the MVP again. But definitely in the conversation, but definitely Lafleur. I mean, you yeah, have to say yeah. that. But then when you see what it looked like with Jordan Love in there, that Rodgers has definitely right, right. Uh, has some um, ability to claim that that he should be the MVP of the league too. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's a wild one out there in the NFC, and the the Packers keep finding a way. The Rams finding ways to lose that the, they've been awful since the trades since the since bringing in Odell even though Odell had a 54 yard touchdown in this one and, and it looks like a nice little weapon for them Von Miller has been completely a wall for the Rams so far so yeah. yeah the super teams don't work stop trying it yeah you're right and uh, the, I'm looking at the Rams schedule they have they host Jacksonville this week and then it gets pretty tough they go to Arizona after that maybe they should sit Stafford down for one if it, if he could get back to 100% because he does not look like the guy that yeah. was there for the first eight weeks or whatever. Yeah, they, I, it would really benefit them. But the way the the playoffs are with so many teams, I feel like every team is going to have something to play for so late in the year. But it would be nice for the Rams if the last week or two they could sit Stafford before the playoffs, say. you know, but Somehow, They would have yeah. to win some games first to really have that, you know, that spot where they're like, okay, well, we can't win the West, but we're not going to lose the five seed, so let's sit some people. That's why I was thinking maybe this week against the Jags. I mean, you don't do that stuff in the beginning of December, but right. if you could squeak out a win against Jacksonville before you go to Arizona and you know get your quarterback right, I don't know. They're in a bad spot right now, though. Next, we have a couple minutes here, Matt. Let's get to some of those listener questions we promised. We'll hit a few more tomorrow. I think we're going to have a guest on the network as well on Wednesday's nice. show. But let's finish up this edition of Locked, or let's finish up this edition of Peacock and Williamson next. A reminder that Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Bet Online has you covered for more props, more odds, more lines than ever before as this football season continues and the march to the playoffs ensues. Do you think you have an idea? Because I feel like I don't. The more the the further the season goes along, the less idea I have about which teams are good and which teams are not. If you think you know which teams are good or not. You can find those odds at betonline.ag. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile version of the website. Sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKED ON. Again, that's promo code LOCKED ON to receive your 50% welcome bonus. Not only football, basketball, college, and pro. 
NHL, boxing, UFC, your favorite Vegas casino games all can be found at betonline.ag. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season and those futures for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. I want to get back into this just a little bit, and we don't have to go too long on this, but let's say, and look, and it's a unique situation, and I've talked a lot about the Steelers' future quarterback because I think it's fun, and I have you here with me on the show every day to talk about it. Uh, as it pertains to Russell Wilson, uh, there was somebody in my mentions talking about Wilson, and if the if the Seattle Seahawks put him on the market, I still think teams will line up like crazy, even though he hasn't looked great recently. But this one from Trouble Bruins says, you say the Seahawks should trade Wilson for three first. He's not a top-five quarterback anymore. What? What team has given up that haul to pay $39 million to Wilson for non-top five quarterback play? He's not carrying a team like you would think a player would for three first-round picks. I think that's a valid point. Uh, I mean, because this year you can kind of excuse it. He came back too early from the finger. I thought he was playing great before the injury, though. However, don't forget the last eight games of last year. Remember last year, like that offense was, he were talking about rush for MVP. And then like almost right in the middle of the year, the offense fell off a cliff and everyone started taking away the deep balls. And um, I do think Wilson, I don't say he's past his prime, but I would not put him in the top five. I just, I mean, I randomly throw out there three first round picks. I don't know what the compensation would be, but you know, if I'm Kevin Colbert right now in Pittsburgh, I'll give you my mid-first rounder and next year's first without question. I mean, the Steelers with Russell Wilson right now would be a pretty good team. I really think that's going to be the going rate. And this will be an an insane offseason if Rodgers, Watson, Wilson are all available. Will it drive the price down? Will it make teams go crazy? Because, you know, one guy goes for three firsts, then the next guy has to go for three firsts. And that's going to be the asking price. I don't know if they'll get three firsts, but look, if you're giving up two first-round picks for – uh, for Jamal Adams, a strong safety. I mean, three first. Yeah, but that's a bad. No one else would do that. Well, right, it was a bad deal. But that, that's but for, still, for if a Khalil good Mack is two first. Right, or for a good Ramsey player, or... it's two first round picks. So you got to give up three first round picks. We're talking about a good quarterback. And how much better would I mean Wilson with the Steelers? I mean, how how good would they be? I mean, he'd be a nice fit for them. I feel like. But yeah, you're right. So he went or from Denver MVP. Or I mean, maybe Washington. it's a little bit of recency bias with Wilson. He was a MVP candidate twelve months ago. And but the last twelve months have been not as good, and he hasn't looked as good this year. Um, but maybe that's the only reason he'd be available at all. He's only thirty three years old, right? Right. So you might get know, five years out of him. There's a lot of bad going on in Seattle. I don't know if you can put it all on his shoulders, but I mean, with his career. I mean, I feel like he's going to get a, you would get a huge haul, and teams would line up for him. Yeah, like I said, I would do two first and the drop of a hat right to second. No, I probably can... more when I start competing. And the other thing you have to think about, and this is more from Seattle's side of things, is if we trade this guy to the Steelers, Denver, Washington, we're going to get a mid-first round this year, and then those teams will probably be playoff teams with Wilson. You know, so it's not you're not going to be picking in the top ten with those picks, most likely. I actually like New York Giants as a possible landing spot. Wow. New GM comes to town. They've got an early pick to give back to Seattle to make up for the early pick that they've lost this year. And maybe that would be the way to guarantee them an earlier draft pick so they can feel better about it, you know, not getting uh, three first rounders that are in the 20s. What if you offered them Daniel Jones and both those first round picks this year? Oh, wow. I don't think you would have to do both. I think you do one this year, one next year if you're the Giants. 
maybe and maybe. still have your draft a center and, yeah you know right still have a top 10 pick this year and you give up i mean daniel jones i don't know if that would even move the needle but you would probably want to move him along in that case mm-hmm. either way you know to them or somebody else um and that would be a stopgap for seattle yeah I like it. So knowing what you know now, and this is a tough conversation because of where Watson is, you know, legally, of those three, including Rodgers, who are you giving the most up for? I mean, Rodgers is old. Yeah, so I think Rodgers, because of age, would get the least in return. I think he's like two first. And, but you're getting the best short-term quarterback. So oh, if you're yeah. just in I it to win it Rogers. right now, like you just want to win it right now, nothing else. The best deal is Rodgers because you're going to not have to give up as much. And I think Watson, there's off-field stuff, so that worries me. I don't think I would go there if I was a team, but you know a team will. But just player-wise, age-wise, Watson's worth the most, and he's definitely going to get three first-round picks, yeah, uh, I, I think. You know, if, if, if they play this right, if Miami does, and the off-field stuff starts to kind of go away and gets itself figured out. I'd be uncomfortable with it, but quarterback-wise, just player-wise, he's the most valuable. And then Russell Wilson's kind of in the middle. You should be able to get five years out of Russell Wilson, but he hasn't looked great recently. I think think they'll ask for three ones, and I think they should be asking for three ones for Russell Wilson. Yeah, and Watson might be some contingents or some, you know, this turns into a one if he plays X amount of games this year, those type of things. Um, Again, this is off-season talk, but I could see – Tepper in Carolina saying, I'm sick of this Darnold Bridgewater Newton nonsense. Yep. Take whatever you want. I'm bringing Watson back here and selling a lot of jerseys. Right. Yep. I could see, I could absolutely see that, especially now kind of being exacerbated by the quarterback situation. Like, look, let's fix this. Let's fix this now. Um, if you're, let's put it this way. Take if, Brian Burns if you want. You know, like, <laughs> oh, that's tough, but yeah. You know, like that type of thing. Yeah. How about, okay, so Kevin Colbert calls you up, Matt, says, hey, I need you to make some phone calls for me. I want you to call the Packers. I want you to call the Texans. I want you to call Miami about Tua. I want you to call the Seahawks. And it's up to you who you call first. Which which of those are you calling first, Matt? Hmm. Boy, Rodgers would make this team really competitive now. Yeah, I feel like that. So I, I feel like you Wilson. start with Rodgers just to see. Yeah. But, man, that would be tough because, you know, two firsts, then he's done after two years, and then do you just start rebuilding at that point? It's just such a, a an all-in. But, I mean, it's worked for the Bucks, And, man. Yeah. Like and maybe if, get three years out of them, and you draft the third-round quarterback two years from now, or you draft the Jordan Love when you finally have her back in the first round. Mm-hmm. I mean. I think it benefits uh, the um, – it benefits the Steelers being in the AFC for both Rodgers or Wilson, you know, in those types right, of trade right. situations. The problem, like we mentioned, though, for Pittsburgh and Denver's probably going to be in this, this one, too, is they don't have an early first. I mean, the best thing you're getting this year is 12th to 15th pick, something like that. Oh, the Steelers could lose out. They stink. And then salary cap factors into a lot of this. I I keep looking yeah. at the Saints. I feel like the Saints could make a move for a quarterback too in the offseason. But man, their, their salary cap situation's insane. Can they? They can't fit a thirty million dollar guy in there, can they? I mean, I think they have like four dollars in cap space. <laughs> it's insane, <laughs> but, but it doesn't matter. I bet them. they'll find a way to do it. it. This isn't on the same tier, and again, this is more of an offseason conversation. Jameis Winston's a free agent. I think Jameis Winston's good. 
and maybe I'm crazy, but I thought he played really well for the Saints in a short stint. Like, if you want to save your first-round picks, give Jameis a two-year deal for $20 million. It's not the same as going to trade for Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers or Watson, but, I mean, if you're the Steelers and you draft an offensive tackle in the middle of the first round and you sign Winston, like, that's not such a bad route either. Mm-hmm. This is interesting. This conversation's kind of covered a lot of the questions we're seeing today. About we got one yeah. here from Brian about Rogers, Wilson, and Tua. We got one here. Who, okay, what's the, how about this? So Watson, Wilson, Rogers have been traded away. Who? What's the next move? Is it drafting a quarterback? Is it Tua? Is it Daniel Jones? Is it um, you know Jimmy G? Like of available potential quarterbacks? Is there who do you like in the next tier of quarterbacks that isn't star level? Winston's my favorite. Okay. I'm actually, I, I didn't like him, but I'm a little intrigued and maybe because I haven't seen him in a while on uh, reclamation projects like Trubisky, Mariota, you <laughs> yeah. know, some of these yeah. early picks that have gone away for a minute or two. I, I have interest in those guys. You can get them super cheap. I, I need to do more draft homework, but it looks like all the, the quarterbacks are fine. You know, there's probably going to be three or four first round guys. Jimmy's certainly on the next tier, but you have to have a good cast. I actually did this in my head. I, I had a hard time sleeping the other night, and I'm such a dork. I was going, what quarterbacks can I promise will be a starter somewhere? And I came up with, like, 22 names. Like, Tua didn't quite – Tua was my 22nd. I wasn't sure if he should be on there or not, and I included Watson. So I came up with 22 names. Jimmy wasn't one of them. But Lance was, you know, Fields was. Like, who can I pretty much promise will be opening day starters somewhere? I came up with 22 of them. I, I think I would lean toward the add Tua and Jimmy to the list. They're going to start. Yeah. Uh, you can't, I did add Tua. He was 22nd. You can't guarantee decision. it, but I just, the way the things fall, they're, they're at, I think there'll be a stopgap somewhere at worst, you know, and mm-hmm. just, there, there's too many QB needy teams and too many situations where it would make sense for a quarterback like that. Even if it's Houston, you know, like there's the, right. the, the Patriots connection Patriot with connection. the Texans. Like maybe that's the, the, the last spot. And Jimmy says, well, I guess I got to get traded to Houston because I can be a starter there. And that's my last opportunity. And you know, yeah. I'm sure they have some fond feelings for, for Garoppolo. They drafted and developed him there over in, uh, Casario did in in New England, so I could absolutely see that. You know, do something like bring in Jimmy on the cheap, use the first or second pick in the second round on a quarterback, and add a stud at the top of the first round. Spend some money on real players, and they might have some. Although Tua, I don't Tua would have to be involved in a Texans Watson trade to Miami, right? I just it's too or a three way. Yeah, but know, like, like the, the Texans would need it. It would be it's exactly what the Texans would need, though. So it would, it would be weird if the Texans wouldn't want to back in that. I would think. I would assume so too. Yeah. especially because he's playing better now too. All right, we're we're going way too long here. Yeah, but we're you know way, what? I, I'm gonna, I want to do one more question here. Uh, this one's from Mark. He says, "Rank the top three Miami 2022 draft picks: Waddle, Phillips, and Holland. And does Holland. this draft class rate?" How does this draft class rate in the last five years? Well, that's too long of a question to answer, but I, I just wanted to read this question because I wanted to give props to Miami for all those draft picks. Holland's looking really good at safety for them now, and I don't think it's a coincidence that all three of those guys are starting to play pretty well. They're starting to win a lot more games right now, and I like Waddle, the player. Would Waddle have still been there for them at pick 12? I, I still hate the trade-up from 12 to 6 in the draft. I just They lost a lot of value there. They're going to have a top 10 pick now maybe this year that, that that's not going to be theirs, but... 
Uh, Phillips is a monster. If he can stay healthy, he's going to be a dude. Holland looks like a really good starting safety for them. And Waddle's, you know, a, a, a really nice player. And uh, he's been everything I'm sure they expected him to be. Is he going to be better than um, than Devontae Smith? Is he going to be better overall than whatever they could have drafted at pick 12, which would have been a really good player? You know, Slater, someone like that would have been there for sure. You know, you're guaranteed a really good player at 12. That's why I didn't like the trade up to number six, plus the first rounder that they're going to lose this year. I, I would tend to, to say that they lost value there, but they got three really good players, so really good draft right now for Miami. Yeah, and, and I'd throw Eichenberg in there, too. I mean, he hasn't been terrific, but yeah. I bet he starts in this league for 10 years at guard or tackle somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So if that's your fourth best rookie, you did really yeah. well. And I've been really <laughs> yeah. critical of Miami for their team building, especially the free agent moves. You know, guys like Van Noy that they had for a year and then got rid of. And I mean, they spent a lot of money that past offseason uh, on guys that aren't with the team anymore. And, you know, your scenario aside about should you trade up for Waddle, it is a it is a heck of a haul. You know, I mean, and and you recognize that, too. Like if you get those four dudes in their rookie year on their rookie contract, that's a lot to build off of. And I don't even know if I want to rank them. I loved Phillips coming out. I'm totally smitten with Holland. I think a couple weeks ago I went on a rant about him, too. And Waddle's really turning the corner and they're using him downfield more, too. So it's a great class. Thanks, everybody, for all the questions out there. There's a Marcus Mariota question. There's so many other questions I wanted to tackle. I think that'll be an off-season episode for us, though, Matt, and and really ranking the available quarterbacks potentially and uh, your 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 conversation there about uh, the starters. Who can you guarantee was is a starter? But after yeah. you, you know you get to that muddy area of sort of dirty starters in the NFL and you know stopgap types and maybe reclamation projects and and ranking all those guys with Jimmy and Tua and Marcus Mariota and Trubisky and and all those types of players, it would be fun to rank those guys out. And I think that would be a fun uh, off-season episode and project. No, I 100% agree. You know, like we didn't, I didn't include Daniel Jones and Hertz as yeah. 22, Ooh. my 22 starters, Absolutely. but maybe the musical chairs, you know, music ends and they end up in Pittsburgh or so, you know what I mean? Or who knows? Right. Yeah. Okay. That, that'll be fun. Let's do that. Let's start thinking about that in advance. And in a month or so, we will tackle uh, maybe two months. It depends. We'll see. It's got to be before yeah. free agency, though. So probably a January project there and start getting into the draft and there'll be playoffs. Uh, it never sleeps, Matt. This league never sleeps. And that's why Peacock and Williamson is here for you daily. Thanks for making us your first listen. Be back tomorrow right here. Peacock and Williamson.